I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. This week's episode of Dragonheart. I am your host, Bill Long. Uh, and with me today is Disney's Mark Griffiths. How are you feeling, Mark? Very good. Thank you very much. Uh, the goofy is strong today. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what that means, but I don't know. I just feel like I need to say something Disney-ish. Yesterday at the game, driving to the game, I looked in my rearview mirror and driving in the car behind me, was Australian actor Alan Dale, who, of course, was Jim Robinson and Neighbours, and then had a surprising career twist and became the President of the United States in 24. Particularly surprising because Jim Robinson died in his kitchen. So <laughs> I was particularly shocked to see... I mean, you know, you might argue it was a man who looked a bit like him, but we had Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd and everybody coming to our oh, yeah. so why can't yeah. Why can't Alan Dale come? <laughs> <laughs> I just have a look at, at his his wiki quickly because I I recognise him. What else has he been in? Oh, it doesn't matter really. Anyway, this the, the is young uh, with a, with curly hair, but by the time he was Jim Robinson, he'd uh, he'd gone the way he'd of lost, male pattern <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of male pattern baldness, <laughs> I, I don't actually know. I'm going to segue into that. We're playing uh, Barrow on Saturday. Um, I don't know. I lost lost myself that, there, Mark. That was a bold segue. I <laughs> oh, what? Well, I didn't mean. Have I said so? I didn't mean this. I was just saying it was bold to try and compare Barrow to the hairless. But <laughs> that's what I was saying. You know? um, we were head and shoulders all? above them in the first half, I suppose. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Steve Dale, and this is Dragon Heart. I haven't seen any of the the Barrow clips or goals or anything. I I tend to only watch our goals if they're interesting, and it was a penalty, so I just kind of like I was away at the weekend and I couldn't get to the match, so I, I didn't really see anything. So relying on you, Mark, how how was the the game as a whole? Uh, we won six nil. So <laughs> <laughs> you should watch those highlights more closely. Uh, no, it was. Um... First half, we were excellent, and we really should have killed them off, in all honesty. We made lots of chances. We were completely dominant. It was really impressive after letting the five goals in against Swindon. Now, they were, we were so compact and really good off the ball, but we only got the one goal. Um, their keeper made a couple of good saves. We missed a couple of chances. And in the second half, to be fair, Barrow came back as we really improved and got the equaliser. You know, we finished well at the end of the match. I mean, not in terms of taking chances. We did make more opportunities, but it's one of those where you feel really frustrated we didn't finish the game off because it could have been over by half time. But mm. on the other hand, on the balance of play, probably a draw is about right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult with games like that, isn't it? And it's it's not something that we've really been used to for well at least a year. You know, there's a couple yeah. of results in the. The season before last year, that that might have been a bit more like that, but even then, the, we came comfortably second. Um, how would you rate Barrow compared to the other teams that we've seen so far? Well, that's a good question. That um, on paper, I guess they're seen as a team that might finish halfway up, sort of thing. 
But I think bringing in Dom Telford, that's a real statement of intent and, and ambition to do that. The first, uh, the first half, I would have said, oh, these are poor. Um, a big part of their problem was the right-sided centre-back Warren had a nightmare and Wrexham sniffed it out pretty quickly. He wasn't up to it. And we were just sticking diagonals on his head, putting Palmer on him, and he was getting destroyed. He was very lucky not to get sent off because he conceded the penalty. Palmer was one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He slid in, took his legs from under him, and it's a cast-iron penalty. It should be a yellow card. I mean, it can't be a red because he tried to play the ball, but he should have been booked. Um, But then near the end of the half, he just went in wildly on the edge of the box and gave away a free kick, and he was booked for that. He should have been on the yellow already. Um, so that was a part of it. They improved massively defensively when they brought on and worked him off a half time and brought a different centre back on. I thought they were quite good actually. They were very quick in a transition. It's it's interesting. I know you know I've said this already. I love all that getting more data now we're in and, and yeah. you know to have a little look at things and looking beforehand. I thought, oh, this is a team that will get the ball down in midfield, move it about, try and manoeuvre us around. And then when they see the opportunity, they'll break quickly. And that's exactly what they were. So they would they would bring the ball into control in midfield. And then they would play quite quick sort of transitions where strikers would drop off and they were just going to turn it around the corner. And they have runners going down the channels or out wide who are running, anticipating that bars and running. And in the first half, they got it all wrong. Because well, you know, they weren't getting bodies forwards enough because they were getting penned back by us. So there's an awful lot of just players hitting it around the corner straight through to Howard or straight to our defenders or behind our defenders, no one's making that run. But in the second half, they they got tighter to us, they they looked much more compact themselves, and that started working and they caused us problems. Smashing goal they scored as well. Aqua, uh so not the Barbie girl version, uh taking the ball on <laughs> and O'Connell's last defender, just nice first touch, just to shift it to the side. He drilled it in the top corner. Um, I, I thought they were decent actually. I, they, they haven't got, I don't know, they maybe haven't got the star names of some other teams, but I, I thought they looked like a, a well organised side. And I think that a few teams will go to Barrow and will get caught out by them. I think. Mm. Am I right in thinking that their manager used to be the Halifax manager? Yeah, Pete Wild. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, um, he did. He did well with Halifax as well, didn't he? To be fair, yeah, he did. They, they always looked an organised side and played nice football. Yeah, they, they might be ones to watch them really, especially as the season goes on if they start to gel. They didn't get the ball down as much as that Halifax side in terms of like moving it because they had like Summerfield and players like that, didn't they? And, and they'd pass mm. the ball around very patiently. But they would. They'd get the ball down. They'd move it around a bit, and then when they saw the opportunity to. The, to play that pass, the trigger would be the striker dropping off, and then suddenly they were scything through you. So, yeah, I can I can see them surprising good teams this year. To be fair, I'm not sure I saw enough to think they're going to be going up themselves. Well, you never know; you get momentum going. But mm. certainly, you know, I think that the, them away from home isn't easy. So I was pretty satisfied with the points. Although I, there were, you know, say first half we could have won it. We really could have won it. Yeah, uh, well, it's I, it's it's a shame that, but I think you can't really talk about these results without mentioning the the quite obvious uh, absence of Paul Mullin. And do we win that game if he's playing up front? I don't know. Um, I mean, Bickerstaff had a one on one. 
and it was very similar to the goal he scored the Saturday before against Swindon, but uh, he tried to go across the keeper this time from a tight angle, and the keeper stayed well with his feet. I don't know. It's hard to tell, isn't it, really? Mm. I still say the MK Dons game was the game where we most missed Mullen. Number of balls shooting across the penalty spot sort of area where he drops off to find space. He'd have filled his boots in that game, I'm telling you. But having said that, I, yeah, I mean, we, we we got what we've got, haven't we, at the moment? And oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's um, it, yeah, we, we've got a striker in Palmer who, in his Wrexham career, has scored nearly one in in two. Mm. It's I don't know. It's like you know, that's the rough figure, isn't it? I can't don't know exactly what it is, but well, I know he's had a good start to the season. But he's had his criticism, and you just think any any other time in our history, we'd have been very very happy to have a striker. Who's, who's scoring one and two, and he, he's looked fantastic this season. You just, you, you can't, I've, it's almost like Messi and Ronaldo have ruined football because they're so good, everybody expects their side to, to find their equivalent. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the kind of a goal in a game, and we're lucky to, to have the... The league too messy in in Paul Mullin, but you know you got you've got to give you've got to give the other lads credit, haven't you? They're still they're still good players. Yeah. They're not scoring as regularly. They're still very good players. I mean, Bickerstaff is playing out of his skin, isn't he? Fair play yeah. to him. Absolutely yeah. terrific. He's really, and I mean, as we saw when we come on to it against Bradford, he's such a pest. Just for teams that try to pass out from the back, he's just all over them, giving them trouble. So, you know, we can't complain about him. Dolby's not really hit the ground running this season, but, you know, he's he's earned the right to, for us to cut him some slack last season when he did very so well. And Waters also has not really been able to get going properly yet. There's seen little glimpses of what he's got to offer. But, yeah, and we got Elliot Lee who can play up front. He's scoring like he does play up front. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I, I just think we're playing well. And if we have to... You know, wait a bit for Mullen, so be it. We don't want to rush him. But, you know, we are playing well enough. We're still close to the playoffs, even though the league doesn't look good. The, the points position is not really an issue. And you, can't, hope... you can't really consider the table until November, yeah. at the very least, can you? Absolutely yeah. right. Unless unless you're dropping off the pace, aren't you? Of course, well. yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. But the way we are playing, I mean, I can't stop looking forward a little bit to Tranmere. And thinking, well, they've won one game just like us, although they've lost all their other games. Um, mm. And that's the sort of game where, all right, if we win that, Tramir are going to be in a bit of a spot, aren't they? Now, even though it's early days, it'll be like, okay, we've got what well, that's our sixth game of the league game of the season, isn't it? They'll have played six and they've got three points, and then they'd be thinking, okay, we, we, we've got off to a really bad start here. Whereas I think if we lost it, You'd be thinking, okay, that's frustrating, but we have been playing well in general, and you can see that we're going to be climbing the table soon. Never mind whether Mullen comes back quickly or not. So I, I feel, I feel fine about things at the moment. To be honest with you, shame we didn't win at Barrow, but you know we drew at Yeovil's last season. Didn't stop us winning a league, did it? No, exactly. And yeah, I, I I'm not personally too worried. I mean. I... Palmer came in for a bit of stick at the back end of last year, mm. and honestly, if you'd put if you'd put a gun to my head and said choose between Dalby and Palmer, I probably would have chose Dalby. So we now need to give Dalby the faith that we've given Palmer to let him get back into the team. And 
there's, there's no reason why them two can't work together, really. I mean, we'll come on to Bradford in a second, but I thought they looked quite good together for the, the brief period that they were playing up from with each other. And, and I, I think as well, we've got to remember, we haven't, we've only played four pre-season games. We have looked a little undercooked at the start of the season, and considering that, I'm not too worried as well. You know, there are certain things that don't seem to be quite clicking. There are certain players who don't seem to quite be in the, the usual rhythm of things as they'd like to, and I'd put Dolby in amongst that, but that doesn't mean we have to panic. It just means that mm. they'll they'll be developing as the season's going on. We've got a reserve team now, so we can give them minutes. And it's a case of, uh, yeah, just be patient. But we're playing well, aren't we? And that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, I thought we looked uh, we looked pretty good last night as well. So yeah. on, on to that, to the Bradford game. Uh, another one-all. Unfortunately, ends in defeat, but it, it kind of didn't feel like to, to lose on penalties after normal times. Kind of weird, isn't it? It's not a, it's not a usual. It's obviously not going to happen a lot, so it's not a, not a usual feeling. And you, can, I kind of feel like after ninety minutes to then go to penalties, it's it's a good way to do it for fans on a Tuesday night because you're not getting home super late. But it's it's almost like it's it's kind of take takes the pressure off the end of the game, doesn't it? Because, you know, you've got an opportunity to win in penalties. So I didn't feel like players were were rushing to to bang a goal in so they didn't have to play another half hour. Bradford definitely snowed it down right at the end, didn't they? And, and I yeah. never fully understand that because I think I'd always rather avoid a penalty shootout unless I'm actually getting battered. And although we were the better team, I don't think Bradford were getting battered. Uh, they had threat up front, didn't they? But, mm. yeah, I, I've... It feels a bit strange, but we, you know the rules beforehand, I suppose. And I mean, I mean, sometimes extra time can be awful, can't it? When teams look oh, like they're yeah. already feeling like we'd rather take the the penalties, or we're scared of making a mistake. And and it doesn't happen so much in British football, I don't think. British football tends to be a bit more up and at them, but certainly you see lots of European games and World Cup games where extra time is horrible to watch because nobody wants to make the mistake that gets them knocked out. So yeah, uh, I, I can see both ways, I suppose. Uh, I, it's just a shame that we, how can I put this politely, had some unexpected decisions in our path. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll start with the first decision. Uh, <laughs> 81 first, seconds in. Was that all it was? Wow. Yep. wow. <laughs> um, I must admit, behind the goal uh, and... Behind the goal is it's it's my favorite way of watching football. I like being at that angle, hmm. but occasionally, when people are sort of getting up and moving because you've only got that narrower sort of view of the pitch, you will miss bits out, especially when it's close to the goal. And I couldn't quite see whether his feet had connected hmm. with the player, but it did look a bit more to me from that position, like it could have been a penalty. Hmm. Uh, then I watched the clip on Twitter, and it quite obviously wasn't a penalty. <laughs> How did it look from where you were sat, Mark? Well, I was praising Hayden when the referee blew his whistle, put it that way. I was saying Hayden's yeah. done brilliantly to get across and and, and deal with that situation because we got bent out of shape and Hayden had done really well. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, hang on, why is the referee pointing at the spot? I, I just did not think it was a foul at all. And here's a question for you as well, because all last night... At the time, looking at replays on the monitor and, and seeing it live, I thought what the ref was giving was a kick 
that he kicked uh, Walker on the foot. You know, the ball's there between them. It's a 50-50, and Hayden's not got there first. He's clipped Walker's foot, which I don't agree with anyway, because if you look at the ball, the ball's going into the box, and then once Hayden's made his intervention, the ball's going at right angles because Hayden has kicked it away. Um, now, Che was saying about shoulder-to-shoulder, shoulder, and at the time I didn't quite see it, but looking at it again today, all right, there is shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder contact as well. Is he given it for that? And he's saying he, he won the ball, but he's barged into him. In which case, it's an even worse decision as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because there's, there's, I mean, there's, you know, if you can't do that, then what? it's non-contact. It was a, there's no way it was a, a barge and a foul. No way on earth. And I didn't, and looking at the replays, I can't see how he's, if he's, if he's clipped the player at all, it's the same time as playing the ball. Absolutely astounding decision and so early in the game you know i was moan referees shouldn't chicken out of early decisions i'm starting to revise my opinion now <laughs> <laughs> but, you know you got to give it as you see it so you know i'll give him credit for that but not for the, not for his actual eyesight because that just that's <laughs> it just wasn't a penalty i kind of feel like i don't know i don't want to sound like a typical fan saying this but the it almost feels like some, not all, but some of the referees have kind of got it out for us because of the publicity that we're receiving. And if it's not that they've got it out for us intentionally, um, there's almost that big crowd pressure. Every home game's big crowd pressure now, isn't it? You know, we sell out the away end, so you've got 10,000 fans there. I know referees must be able to keep cope with the pressure, but they're also human as well, aren't they? And I do think they... Quite, I feel like we get more rash, weirder decisions at home than we do away. Maybe I could I could be wrong about that, but that's just sort of like the impression I get. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to put the codicil in that we had two crazy penalties against us at Wimbledon, but beyond that, yeah, I wonder. You see, I I really hope it isn't the Wrexham getting publicity thing because that. That essentially is corruption, then, really, isn't it? Um, and even if it's unconscious, it's it's a serious problem for football if that sort of thing's seeping into the ref's mind. I sort of feel like it's a similar, well, the same outcome, with slightly different reason that maybe refs want to show that they're strong and they're not intimidated by the crowd, and maybe they want their assessor to see that by standing up to Wrexham when everyone's shouting and screaming for things, but. You know that <laughs> it's the opposite of this idea that the the crowd frightened the ref, that they somehow want to defy the crowd and and prove their machismo. Um, I don't know. I thought that I, I think that's a pretty fair comment. Actually, it's a good way of looking at it. You you I think you're spot on. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I think that's that's actually probably the the best way to put it. They are just trying to make sure those big calls are being are being noticed. Mm. I think Phil Parkson was it said that the ref had told him that he gave the penalty, not the linesman. I think it was Phil Parkson said that. Um, and because I was wondering whether the linesman had given it, because he seemed to hesitate for a bit. Um, if the linesman didn't give it, maybe he should have helped him out. Hey, eh? uh, I thought the linesman on that side also was poor. But five minutes later, Howard had to make a save when a player was one on one. I thought to the naked eye, he was offside. I've gone back and freeze framed it. He's offside. You know, he, he didn't help much and didn't help much with the challenge on Cannon. Although I I, I want to be fair here and say that 
So Callum was caught in the head, wasn't he, by Platt, um, jumping for a ball on the halfway line in the first half. I, I want to be, like I say, I've got to be fair. It's right in front of me. I didn't think it was a red card. Um, Mike, the ref, though, of course, ref's assessor knows better, said, you know, potential red card there. He's not even given the booking. And looking at that again, the more I look at it, the more red it looks, if I'm honest. He's leading with his arm and hits Cannon really hard. It sort of flips Cannon in the air. He hits him so hard. Oh, the more I look at it, the more red it looks. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd have to watch that again. Um, but wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. It's... Um... It's a shame that the referees' decisions sour games like that, really, isn't it? Because it was it was pretty well contested game by both teams. I think, like you said, Bradford did seem to kind of drop off a little bit towards the end, but overall, it was a pretty decent game of football, wasn't it? Really good, and I thought we responded really well to the penalty. And again, a game where I felt we should have scored more goals. Really, uh, the performance was good. I was a little surprised the BBC Leeds guys next to me were saying that Bradford dominated the first half and we were the better team in the second. I, I didn't I didn't watch that game. I thought we were comfortably the better side. Although, to be fair to Bradford, they broke really well. And Howard does make some good saves and they missed two easy chances quite late in the second half as well. So, you know, you know I'm not trying to do Bradford down. They look like a decent team to me. But we had the better of it. We made chances. Their keeper made it. In, especially in that spell at the middle of the second, the first half, made some fabulous saves. And yeah, again, should have finished them off. And once you go to penalties, well, the, the post-match talk, uh, both uh, Will Boyle and Ryan uh, Barnett kept talking about it being a lottery. And yeah, I mean, it's just luck, isn't it, really? It's a shame that we, we got to go out that way, but then we've come through once that way. We can't complain. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And you know, you, you always want to do well in cup competitions, but there's going to be a lot of games this season. We, we're still in the the Papa John's, still Papa in the John. FA Cup. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I say that, but like, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, still in the FA Cup. So to, to be out of a competition, it's not the end of the world, is it really? No, the league's the, the big thing for us, isn't it? Although, you know, it would have been fun to have a chance to mm. pull off a shock or two. Get to the semi uh, final round like Barky did. You never know. Yeah, yeah, previously, yeah. <laughs> um good to see Hayden back. Yes, really good to see Hayden back. And and good to see Will Boyle getting on the goal sheet. The 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 four of them two playing together on either side of that centre back trio with with toes of throwing balls into the box is uh it's exciting that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe a little disappointing we didn't make more chances from that. Dolby mm. had that great chance with the head and it was a good save by the keeper in the first half. But when they were both on the pitch together, uh, we, di- we didn't really find those too much, did we? But yeah, it's an exciting thought, isn't it? Having all that sort of firepower. And McLean as well. He's a feisty chap, isn't he? Good to have yeah, him he back. is, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> did you, I mean, there was some abhorrent chance coming from uh, the, the Bradford end, but, you know, that's... That's just football, and I think that's you know, m- m- it's no uh, skin off uh, McLean's back, is it? He's he's used to getting those uh, that kind of sectarian abuse, but it was quite nice to see him finish a, an absolutely wonderful penalty into the top corner and, and shush the Bradford crowd. <laughs> when I was commentating on that, I went, "He's me- he scores." 
So just, <laughs> I thought he just chipped her over the bar. And then, wow, that's a hell of a, a penalty, wasn't it? Still rising into the roof of the net. Wow. <laughs> that's that Premier League quality, though, isn't it? You know, there's going to be parts of his game that have, that have diminished through through age. Mm. You know, Father Time gets it all apart from you, Mark. But uh... yeah, Exactly. I'm the <laughs> Benjamin Button of this scenario. <laughs> but uh, oh, you've had me off there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, dead dead ball situations. That kind of stuff never really properly leaves you, does it? And you can you can see that from that kind of finish. It was lovely, wasn't it? Wow. And of course, that we had the highlights of the season yesterday when Andy Cannon pulled up Lug's pants down. I didn't. I didn't see didn't that. See what it. No. Oh, oh, Bill, you weren't there. <laughs> It was. I did. I did. Was that the first half or the second? Second, I think. Was it? I don't know. I've not seen that then because I did go down to the the loo at at one point in the first half. (laughs) It was beautiful. It was beautiful. He's grappling with a player. I think Cannon pulled him first, ref didn't give it. And then the Bradford player grabbed hold of him and like pushed him to the floor. This is fighting for the ball, not not a puncher. And Cannon, on the way down, grabbed his pants and pulled them down. <laughs> and the weird thing was the Bradford player then just stood there for ages with his pants around his knees. I just stand in there like, I, I don't know what, whether he's trying to say to the ref, <laughs> look what he's done to me. Or, you know, I don't know what he was doing. We just stood there for ages with his pants around his knees. It was right in front of the dugouts. And then so everyone in Rex Blagerstan, everybody's in hysterics, including us up in the commentary box. And uh, eventually... He did. I think did he get a new pair of pants? I can't remember. But it was brilliant. I just <laughs> I don't recall seeing someone pull an opponent's pants down. It was the best moment ever. It's best moment ever. We we know what what you want to see more of him, Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. More deep that... panting of players. I think that should be. <laughs> I think that should be done. I think that every player who gets sent off should be made to walk off in his underpants. That's my, my, you know, it's like there's new legislation now brought in, isn't it? That when a, a if if the accused is found guilty in court, they're going to make them stand there and get their sentence with the victim there looking at them. Um, and I'm not sure about that, but I am sure <laughs> that the extra humiliation of walking off the pitch in your underpants is is what is needed. Definitely, <laughs> I think they should have a little sort of like. Firewalk as well, going into the tunnel. So they're they're in the underpants and they're hopping because the the coals are burning them. That'd be cool. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just thinking of the logistics. To be honest, how how you would get the who who lights the pit and is it on all game just in case somebody gets sent off or? Um, yeah, I reckon it should be, or maybe there's some sort of modern microwave version. <laughs> Sear <laughs> their feet with radioactivity. Hold on. Di, 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 di. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stand there for thirty seconds, would you? <laughs> the, um, and if you Just miss a penalty, spin it, spinning round. Yeah, spin oh, that's round. a nice idea. Yeah. <laughs> if you miss a penalty, then I think that there should be ten designated home fans, or ten fa- designated fans from each side. And oh, actually, I was going to say the opposing fans, maybe your own fans, because you miss a penalty, should go up and pie you in the face all in a row. <laughs> Not counting shootouts, though, because that means Luke Young and James Jones will get that, and I, they don't deserve that because they're nice. No, they don't. I thought Young had a really good game. It was yeah. such a shame for his 
Well, and Jones, to be fair. Both of them, they were our two choices, man, of the match, to be honest. Yeah. And for them both to miss a penalty was a shame, but it is what it is, isn't it? Um, Radio Leeds guys were really impressed with Barnes as well. Do you know what? I thought he had a, a, a bit of a a sticky first half. Mm. Not not necessarily bad. He was getting into some good positions, but just seemed to almost like run into corridors. But yeah. second half, he looked a lot better for me. Yeah, yeah. He got some good balls in the box, didn't he? Yeah. And he, he had that weird shot cross that the keeper made a terrific save from in the first half. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not quite, I'm still not quite sure watching it again what I think it is, whether it is a shot or a cross, but I think it must have moved in the air and the keeper did well to adapt and, and get his hand to it. So, darn. He'd tell you it was a, a shot, wouldn't he, probably, if you asked him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so what's the punishment for scoring your own goal? You have to deep hands yourself. <laughs> so there's not someone else that does it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, right, okay, I know what I've done, boys. But uh... <laughs> I, I think an egg should be cracked above your head and allowed to roll down your face. And then the slow motion of that should be played every five minutes on the screen. Literally egg on his face. Nice. Yeah. yeah I think there's... It's almost as no. if you planned it, Mark. And I didn't. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> that was uh, an excellent pun. Mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> any any final thoughts on on the Bradford game? Mark Hughes is quite angry, isn't he? Is he? I, He's I, always I... been angry. Bless him. He's always looked like there's something burning deep inside him. <laughs> he, he was he was a grumpy presence on the side of the pitch. I quite enjoyed that. It was nice to see him with um, Mickey and Joey, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's a legend of the game, isn't he? Fair play. And a legend of Wales. Yeah, fair yeah. And I was once in the Sight Seven, when it was called the Seven Stars. And I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but I went into the toilets, to u- the urinal. I'm not going to say what I did at the urinal, although, you know, probably... You work around for yourselves. And then Mark Hughes came in. This is when I was about 20 and stood at the urinal next to me, doing the same as I. We were weeing. Let's be honest. We were weeing. And um, <laughs> I thought, oh, Mark Hughes is weeing at the urinal next to me. But then he shoulder barged me and then went down holding his head like he always used to for Man United. <laughs> True story. Uh, the shoulder barge. Oh, the shoulder barge. <laughs> no, he just suddenly hopped in the air and kicked me in the middle of my back. <laughs> Right, well, after this, uh, we're going to bring you more Dragonheart. I'm Mia Roberts, and this is Dragonheart. Well, transfer window at the time of recording is still open, uh, and it is silly season, so we thought we'd take it a, a little bit further than the usual speculation and really embrace the silly part of silly season, Mark, didn't we? No, no, I'm I'm deadly serious about this. It's, okay. the, it, it's quite fun because it's the first time for a while we've actually cared about the transfer window, isn't it? It's often not really had that much importance for us. Last year we didn't yeah. even have a transfer windows to adhere to. But no, I'm dead serious. Super serious. Super, super serious. I was um, in Asda this morning, right? Yeah. And I saw Marco Verratti, PSG player, moving... Oh. Along the aisles, but sideways. 
Was he in the? Was he looking at Scotch eggs by any chance? He was looking at Scotch eggs. There's the, there you go. Yeah, fully yeah. assimilating himself to British British culture and cuisine. <laughs> He's had enough of that sophisticated Italian and Parisian stuff. <laughs> uh, he wants to fully explore the possibilities of Greg's. <laughs> Have you seen anybody? I saw. Um, it's like a game. This isn't it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I saw uh, Zinedine Zidane mm. at a petrol pump. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which one. I, I visited that many looking for players that uh, I can't remember the specific one. I suspect it was pump 19. That's usually the one he goes for. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, and he was tying his shoelaces, looking looking very committed to tying his shoelaces. That's good, good uh, to hear. Good body I language. Him, <laughs> I asked him what he was doing in Wrexham. He, he, he refused to comment on whether his, his playing days were over or not, but he's not coming for the Wrexham manager's job. Oh, maybe assistant. Steve Parkin, have to watch out. <laughs> just, <laughs> just give him a pair of boots. I'm sure he'd still run rings around most uh, teams <laughs> in League Two. <laughs> he doesn't look, he looks like a man who, who's kept himself in good shape, to be fair. Yeah. Well, fair point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you've been in the same changing room as Cristiano Ronaldo for all those years, that's an effect <laughs> on you, doesn't it? That's an effect on your ego. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it does. Uh, yeah. Whether that affects a positive one is another matter altogether, isn't it? But uh... I mean, to be serious as well, I mean, Rexham, we've been looking at goalkeepers and um, David Ahead is still available. That's, of course, a deal we could do after the transfer window closes. Yeah, with him being a free agent, yeah, that's yeah. that That would... Uh... Would make sense, and I'm sure he'd love to to ditch the opportunity to play in sunny Spain to mm, yeah. to play in sunny Wrexham. Exactly, he'll be. It's a bit like when Mark Carrington came on trial, and ultimately realised he wasn't going to get the move he wanted, so he stayed with us. You get the higher end training now, and you know after a bit he'll start thinking, "Well, La Liga is good." But oh, what the hell? I'll just stay here. I'll do this. Um, you know, when he's when he's saving pot shots from Zinedine Zidane and uh, Marco yeah. Verratti, he's going to soon realise the quality of player that's uh, yeah arriving yeah. at the race course. Exactly right. You see, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been doing some of that sky scanning as well. You know, tracking private jets just to see. You know, and and all I can say is that there was a private plane landed about Boris Airfield about half an hour ago. And you know, I don't want to raise people's hopes, but Delhi Alley, Delhi Alley, Delhi Alley, Delhi Alley. Like, right, joking aside for a second, but I think Delhi Alley is actually the kind of profile of player that maybe not this season, but when we're in League One, I think we could attract someone like that. You know, he needs a bit of a, a fresh start for his career, doesn't he? <laughs> um, uh, hmm? sorry, go on. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. I'm just, I'm just trying to. I've seen so many former and current football stars, and it's hard to keep up. I did see uh, in the clove section of MS uh, Hector Bellerin. Oh, we know, he, we know he's a, he's a very fashionable bloke, isn't he? And I, I'm sure he'd love some grey yeah. chinos from uh, Marks and Spencers. So, but sadly, I assume that he pulled a hamstring while he was in there. 
I mean, trying to get them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, in the changing the rooms, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, his pixie boots and, and his skin tight <laughs> chinos and oh, something gave. Um, in the car with Deli Alley was Jesse Lingard, but that's because now he's an Uber driver in the Wrexham area. That's oh, that's, cr- that's criminal, man. Sorry. <laughs> Poor Jesse Lingard. We're going to sign a Danny. All of that. (laughs) We're going to sign a Danny Rose as well, but we just don't know which one. There's so many of them out. (laughs) We've been linked with half of them as well, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, The uh, the Athletic, seriously, uh, Richard Sutcliffe and the Athletic has been saying that we've basically got a lot of bids out on players, but that basically... And some of them are agreed deals, so the selling team have agreed to the price we've offered. But the problem is they've also said they're not going to let anyone go until they've got a replacement. And this late in the window, that means that probably we'll do well to get one or maybe two in. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of speculation, isn't there? It's, I mean, obviously, a, a podcast on the official club channel is not the place to be speculating about transfer rumors. Uh, <laughs> Salah's coming, but, <laughs> uh, but you, you know, there's there's a there's a chance that some of those will come off. But we'd also look silly if we're like, oh yeah, that's a done deal. I've heard this, yeah. I've heard that, and then it, it doesn't come off. And mm. I, I don't think. I mean, we've got 111 points last season. We don't desperately need anybody. That's a, that's a wonderful position we're in, isn't it? We've yeah. only brought in two players, but hey, we've had a great squad already. Yeah, and there's no point in us signing players unless they're going to be worth signing. Yeah. They've got to be better or at least offer something different to what we've already got. Mm. Will Boyle yeah. was an upgrade. Well, he, he filled the, the Harry Lennon shaped hole that that was there and 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 you could argue was maybe an upgrade on him uh McLean's come in and someone with his level of experience and pedigree is is a going to be an upgrade for most teams at, at, at this level that's not a slight on Mendy or McFadden because I think both of those are, are good league two standard players but he's just got another quality and versatile as well mm. um are we going to find say let's say a better striker than Mullin. Okay, I know he's not the only striker at the club, but we don't need another target man because we've got two decent target men already. Billy Waters offers us something. Jake Bickerstaff offers us something. I just There's no panic for me, Mark. I'd like to see yeah. us get a couple of extra players, but there's no panic at all. Yeah. Um. Two things. Firstly, Harry Lennon-shaped hole is a very underrated Nirvana song. And <laughs> secondly... <laughs> That um, I feel the thing is though, if you look at our squad and you add it all up for registration, we've got no spaces to bring new players in. So I think there mm. will be outgoings. You know, we've got the goalkeepers don't have to be registered. Under twenty one players don't have to be registered. But by my calculation, we are our our registration is full. So if we bring a new player in, we're not going to register somebody. So. I, I suspect one or two players might be leaving. It could be on loan, obviously, but uh, yeah, I think there could be some last-minute departures as well. I would assume. Yeah, I mean Parkinson's been quite open about the fact that he wants Jake Bickerstaff to go out on loan, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And and I think the caliber of his performances have uh, have meant that he's 
go into a better calibre of club, isn't he? He could be going to mm. uh, a top 10 National League side rather than someone a bit further down who might, you mm. know, might not get as much uh what's the word I'm looking for? He he Well well he's gonna get, he's gonna get sorry. Well, so Parkson himself has said he wanted to be the right type of club. He doesn't want yeah. to be playing in a team that plays different style of football from us and doesn't want to be playing in a team where He's not getting the opportunities. So, yeah, he needs the right club and his form makes that more likely, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, that way. And then at the same time, it's it's not going to be a bad thing if if we don't get someone in that position and he sticks around because he's proven yeah. he can he can do a job for us. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I'd love to know what Parkson's thinking is about whether he wants to shift his, his position. I mean, remember, Bickerstaff didn't even go to the States. Um, and yet, here he is now, he and Palmer... Clearly, are the first two names up front for us? I would say. Mm. So you know, fair play. He's he's really done well, and it does, I suppose, beg the question whether Parkson might think, you know, what maybe I'll, you'll be getting enough starts with us to help him develop. Never mind sending him off where another manager will decide what happens. Yeah, and and I think as well, there's also that if he's going to the national league on loan. There's no rush because they don't have a window, so he could he could go out on loan yeah, after good. after this week, couldn't he? So yeah. he's he's there with us playing or or in and around the squad until a, a club come in for him, which could could be any time. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? it is it is interesting. Yeah, it's it's a good time of the year transfer season. Sometimes it's absolutely frustrating, but I, I am that. Talk sport listening sucker who, who <laughs> loves all of the the uh, <laughs> all the speculation. I try to avoid it, but I, yeah, kind of this time of the year, I'll start looking a bit more regularly at theft transfer <laughs> gossip and stuff. Um, it, it doesn't help that we're off for the summer teaching, Mark, does it? Either because there's a lot <laughs> more spare time on your hands to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think there'll be. A lot going on, but I think there'll be something going on. And I was in St. George's Crescent this morning and I saw Mark Cucurella uh, going mm-hmm. into the tri-tie shop. Good choice. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Some drunken dragon, I believe. <laughs> what is drunken dragon? Oh, is it food? Is it drunken noodles? Drunken noodles, yeah. Oh, it's not drunken yeah. dragon, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice. Nice tangy noodle feast. Just the sort of thing that a Catalan man would embrace. <laughs> wreck his shirts. Well, yeah, he's got plenty on his head, so we might need some yeah. to make it way down to his chest. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Coming up next, we have uh, Mike the Ref. Hello, I'm Mike the Ref on Mike the Ref 1974 on Twitter. Uh, I'm here again at the Animal Sanctuary. I'm with my chickens today. And why am I with my chickens? Is I'm going to talk about refereeing decisions when it comes to fouls. And I'm talking about tackles here. I'm going to identify what is a careless tackle, a reckless tackle, and a tackle endangering the opponent. I've got a question on this on Ask Wrexham, so I'll do my best to answer it in a bit more detail. 
So as a referee, we judge the tackles. Um, not every tackle is a yellow card, not every tackle is a red card, as we know. So what makes the difference? So as we're chickens are just enjoying themselves in the background, we I will go through it. Careless tackle. I would call this a run-of-the-mill tackle. Um, players have gone in for the ball, they've made genuine attempts for the ball, however, they've failed to win the ball, committed a foul, be it more accidental or maybe slightly deliberate, but there's been no malice or intent in that tackle. So the referee will deem that a foul, maybe a word with the player if it's a little bit strong and get on with the game. However, a number of careless challenges by the same player could result in a yellow card for persistently infringing the laws of the game. Normally the referee will let the first one go, warn, speak to the player, and then normally the third or the fourth reasonably careless tackle will be a yellow card. And then move on to reckless. So reckless, what is reckless? This is where the player has probably gone in stronger um, it's probably made minimal attempt to win the ball, but while doing so, he has or she has uh, caught the opponent, committed a more serious foul. So when we look at reckless, we look at that player took the risk of making the tackle, knowing that they might take the player or commit the foul, and then they've gone ahead and committed the foul. So in that risk, they saw the risk and they went on to take that risk. So therefore, that foul would be classed as reckless, where there's been a little bit more malice in the tackle. They've kind of slid in, gone in strong, knowing that if they win the ball, they win the ball, but most of the time, they're probably not. But that tackle has not been that strong where it's endangered the safety of an opponent or placed the opponent in danger. So, Move that moves us nicely onto red cards as the chickens come running towards me. Um, we spin round. There's Arthur from last week having a, having a watch. So, a red card. This is where the player, more or less a deliberate act, has gone in hard. We're looking at the classic, gone in hard with two feet, endangering the safety of the opponent. So. He could have gone in to commit a reckless challenge, or she could have gone in to commit a reckless challenge, but has gone in with stud showing and hit the person and that, or hit the opposing player, and that's endangered their safety. That would be a red card for serious foul play. Furthermore to that, if a player has just jumped in at an opponent with no regard, again, that is supposed to be a red card. There they go. They're uh, getting a bit reckless behind me, those chickens, so I'm to get my yellow card out for them. Uh, also, we're looking at the, the speed, the momentum of that player. We're also looking about, he has been probably more than reckless, with studs up, studs showing and hit the player on the ankles. Um, again, we're looking at the speed of the tackle, the positioning of the studs, the possible intent. Also, if two players might have had a little bit of disagreement a few moments before and one of the players has gone out to take retribution again that would be looking at uh, endangering the safety of the opponent so that could just be a straightforward tackle stud showing clipping the player from the side behind or the front um, causing a potential injury 
or just going in with at speed or with force that is deemed excessive that would be a red card for serious foul play yellow card reckless so he's gone in probably strong but not use excessive force managed to maybe make contact uh, with the legs on legs again but has been reckless in doing so careless that was just um, what i'd call a run-of-the-mill foul happens all the time players it's a contact sport players go in players will commit fouls um, so that's a quick summary a brief summary on uh how referees would judge the tackle and judge the foul the incidents of Bickerstaff uh, early on in the first half, about in the first 10 minutes, where he was pulled back and grabbed, that should have been a yellow card. That again would be classed as reckless. But I can cover more pushing and pulling and other offences at a later date. So as the chickens have seen some treats and want them off me, Arthur has treated himself to bed, so I've obviously bored him. So I'm going to go, I might the ref 1974 at Twitter, hashtag AskRexum. Thanks for listening, if you did. I might the ref, and this is Dragonheart. Well, as always, a pleasure to listen to uh, from Mike the ref and his insights and all the animals he yeah. seems to have with him every time. <laughs> Well, we should say, uh, well, look out on social media because the Animal Sanctuary is having an open day and it'll be fantastic, brilliant day for the family. So, yeah, we, we, we reckon. When is that? Do you, do you know, Mark? I'm just panicking there because I forgot. <laughs> oh, no. Where is it? Where is it? Bluff, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... bluff Bill, bluff. <laughs> uh, I'm quickly looking at Mike the ref's Twitter. Here we go. Sunday the 3rd. So it's this Sunday. 11 yeah. till 3, uh, Mill Lane in Bradley. Um, looks like they've got all sorts on, so yeah, yeah get you, get yourself up there. And uh, I'd imagine all the proceeds go to a good cause, so definitely okay. worth going. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so Tramia Mark, our mm. next game. I uh, think it's probably fair to say this is the biggest game in terms of... Uh, what it means to the fans this season, isn't it? You know, like in terms of the, it's they're probably our biggest rivals in this division, aren't they? Yeah, even taking into account our famous rivalry of Newcastle United under twenty ones. But yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's a proper derby. They tend to be feisty affairs. Dave, as I said earlier, have had a bit of a poor start to the season, but you know, it, as, as you say, it's it's early days, and. Mm, they've got, they got. I mean, you look at their squad; it looks nice. Uh, got a few players we know, of course: Connor Jennings, Brad mm. Walker, and there's another Axon player. And I've forgotten who it was, but he's there. Kieran Morris, that's it. Kieran Morris, who was fantastic on loan from Walsall when we got to the FA Trophy final, and so, um, will forever be remembered as a hero for scoring past Chester. Yeah, got a goal past Chester. Scored two in the FA Trophy semi-final away from home at Torquay. Yeah, absolutely, and a good player he is. Dave also, because I had a look, a little look at their squad earlier, I, which you know I never usually do prep, Mark. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've got a lad called Reese Hughes, who, according to Wikipedia, is from Wrexham. I don't know. I've, don't, I've never heard of him before. Not not in a disrespectful way. He's only twenty one. He was in Everton's youth academy. Uh, yeah, signed is now at Tramier and was on loan at Chester last season. 
So he's played for two. He's from Wrexham and played for two of our bigger rivals. <laughs> yeah, so he'll get a good reception then, won't he? Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I just like the fact we got such an experienced team to go into that situation as well. We're playing well. We got a lot of hard-nosed and uh, professionals, and so let's hope they can do the business. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely nuts, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, I'm so jealous of everybody that's going. I haven't been able to get a, a, a ticket. It's yeah. it's good. It's that's that's the. That's that's the game to go to if you want to go and see some feisty behaviour, isn't it? Uh, well, I don't know if I'm going to see that. I don't mean quite like uh, illegal, uh, not illegally feisty, just... On the uh, pitch, you mean? Of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently. Uh, <laughs> he was on the air. <laughs> I mean, look, favorite, having said that, I did quite enjoy it. This is the atmosphere I'd like. When we won there in the FA Trophy in 2014, uh, it was 14, 15, I think it was, 4-1. And the Tramia fans just completely had a meltdown. And they were they were <laughs> desperate to get their manager sacked after that. It didn't happen. And uh, I remember just watching, like they were all like converging on the dugout but couldn't get to it. And they were all just standing there in the, in the sort of gap at the front of the stand, like the runoff area, just shouting at the manager and shouting at the dugout. And there was one bloke who just walked out with his his arms outstretched like Christ the Redeemer in Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> and just stood there for ages, like sort of bemoaning the refer- the manager and begging him to go. And I just thought, I want to see, I want to see those sorts of scenes on on the side of the pitch as they go into meltdown <laughs> after we beat them. I, do you know what? I absolutely love an opposition fan meltdown. Yeah. When when your team has caused grown men to absolutely lose their heads is is mm-hmm. as long as nobody gets hurt, it's an absolute sight to behold, isn't it? Yeah. I remember once um there's the year we went down, um we played Notts County and they were near the relegation zone, but they weren't. Yeah. They weren't going to get relegated because we were so bad and Mansfield was so bad. Yeah. Uh, but we we beat them at home that game. And after we scored, like in the 70th minute or whatever, their fans just started punching each other in the stands. Like it was, that was, that was something. I mean, obviously don't want to see, I don't think it was like, it wasn't a bloodbath or anything. It was just a couple of digs, but it was just like, brilliant. As long as nobody got seriously hurt, it was, it was brilliant. <laughs> I remember in the mid-90s going to Orient uh, when my friends were in London and I went down to stay for the night and we watched Wrexham playing at Orient and it was like near the end of the season nothing had anything to play for really and Orient were struggling and there was a protest and all the, well, sort of not, not an organised protest but we were winning and all the Orient fans started singing Sack the Boars and the Wrexham fans joined in and the Orient fans all stopped because they were confused and they didn't know why we were joining in. It's like, you know, oh, 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 they're our enemies. We can't sing. But they're singing what we were. What, what? They, they all went quiet. It was just the Wrexham fans all singing. Smack the board. It was hilarious. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, and then another big game that we had against them at uh, Prenton Park was the... I want to say the FA Trophy. Did we win two one, one maybe? And there was a, a player sent off, wasn't there? One of our players was sent off. No, that was um the or FA was Trophy the was the one where they had the meltdown. We won four one. Yeah, and then the sending off was the last time we went there when we were both going for promotion. It was Dean Keats' side, and that was we it. had yeah. Sam Wedgbury sent In... off, 
for the daft challenge on Jay Harris, which Harris milked beautifully. And so that was only about 20 minutes in. And that was like the Alamo. We then scored from a corner. It shows the value, the importance of derbies that at one goal of the season, Chris Holroyd, corner, comes through at the far post. He hits it. It took an enormous deflection and flies in the corner. The most ugly, unintentional goal, but because it won a massive derby, and also because, I mean, it was, like I said, like the Allen, we just had 10 men, and we just dug in and defended that box. But my goodness, that Dean Keats side knew how to defend, and we, we held them off. And that one goal of the season, even though it was yeah. an ugly shot, was probably going wide, simply because it was the winner in that game, that derby. It was it, um, were we in the yellow and red kit? Am yes. I, am I right? I like yeah, that yeah. That yeah. was a nice kit, yeah. Absolutely. The the other thing, uh, I suppose, to say about Tranmere is that We've done really well there lately. We've only lost one game in the last seven that we played at Prenton Park. And that was the game which was the last match before Gary Mills was sacked. So even that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> um, Gary Mills, eh? Oh, what a character. That's one way of putting it. I'll say. Um, I'll say. Yeah, so... It's it's a game that take take the emotion out of it that we should be targeting really, isn't it? With their form, uh, it'd be nice to get a, an away win. We haven't got one yet, have we? Have no, two, no, two draws away. So yeah, um, it'd, it'd be a brilliant way to kickstart things, and I think winning a game like that would would be the result that gets the wins going possibly as well. So it'd be nice to yeah. see it happen. We'll have to see, won't we? But you know, it's a derby. It'll be tough. You know, the old cl- cliche: the form doesn't matter. In the derby, it's just played for pride and emotion and driven by adrenaline. But yeah, we'll see. Like I said, we've got the big characters to deal with that sort of situation, haven't we? We have. And, and not to keep banging on about Mullin, but how disappointing for him the, yeah. that he can't play in this game. Ex-Tramia player mm. from the area. Well, I mean, it's not quite the area, is it? But, you know, it's it's not that far from, from some Merseyside, you know. Yeah. He must be absolutely gutted on a personal level to be missing that, mustn't he? Oh, absolutely, but he'll get another opportunity, don't worry. <sighs> and then yeah. we'll be playing Liverpool and Everton in the league soon, won't we? <laughs> fingers crossed. Everton soon. Well, Everton quite soon, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I think that's us for this week's episode. Um, Mark, where can the listeners find you if they don't already know where you are, not your physical location before you start sharing your GPS. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to overshare now. Well, of <laughs> course, um, you can find us. I'm I'm M underscore Griffiths 92 on Twitter. And I suppose that's the main social media I use at the moment. We have to spread out a bit more. We do have, of course, a Dragon Art account on Twitter. And, uh, we need, and also on Instagram, we need to probably have to get a bit more stuff out there just to keep you people happy <laughs> yeah definitely you can find me at blong1864 on twitter it's pretty much the only social media i use really as well uh, although i am still refusing to call it x because i'm old and stubborn yeah uh find find us on there is it at dragon heart show yes yeah yeah so follow that as well to keep up to date uh i've been bill long he's been mark griffiths this is Dragonheart. Yay.
I'm Gareth Owen, and this is Dragon Heart.